just trying to be a father Raise a daughter and a son Be a lover to their mother Everything to everyone Up and out on bright and early I'm all business in my suit Yeah, I'm dressed up for success From my head down to my boots I don't do it for the money There's bills that I can't pay Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Ari Mack. Today is July 16th. Wow. What a, what a year. By the way, Sure, like the uh, a great the great song in the background. Um, our third year is coming coming up very soon. Our um, amazing anniversary is coming up soon. Um. We, we as a uh, American freedom, we love our freedom, and that's what we need. Um, so on this podcast, we have a lot to talk about, folks. We have a lot to speak about, and this is this is your freedom. We need to speak about freedom, and we we need America. America needs us, and we need to speak about it. We sit here on our podcast, we speak about Israel, Australia, America, and how much we need to speak about about America. I'm telling you, it's great the amount of years that we speak about here on the podcast. Coming up, sponsor, um, shout out to our great sponsor. Um, not a great, uh, shout out to our great friends at Mike Lendell um, at MyPillow.com. Um, his, unfortunately, his sales are crumbling. His sales are crumbling. Unfortunately, um, we need to we need to um, um, we need people to go to mypillow.com and use promo code radio. Um, and people are trying to sue him, uh, and we need and he is really, really, really um, 
right now it's the crucial time and it's really really terrible so please go to mypillow.com and use promo code radio and it's, and it's for their own good help Michael and Dill also um no we'll talk about this after alright so let's get to it um what do we have for today my gosh there's so much in the news um boy oh boy America what 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 do you folks what do you think about America these days when we speak about America what do we uh, when I hear about America man like the word America reminds me of freedom the word America reminds me of country music um Reminds me of... What else? Reminds me of... Great beer. Reminds me of... What else it reminds me of? Um, great stuff. Reminds me of awesomeness. It's amazing. Alright. Last week, Trump... Met with Mel Gibson... And Joe Rogan during a UFC at a UFC uh, match. Um, Trump went to a UFC match last week to watch. Everyone was going nuts. Do we have this tape? Let me see if we have it. Let's see if we have this. I want to. I want to play it on air. I really want to play it because. Biden was at a, uh, last week, I mean, I spoke about it, um, Biden was at a, at a, uh, beach, at the beach, while Trump was at a, this, um, UFC match, and the, the crowd was going nuts, listen to this. The crowd was nuts that time. It was really, really, it was amazing. Um, Trump um, chatted with uh, Dana White and Roger Stone, Mel, Mel Gibson uh, last night, and also Joe Rogan. Um, hey, never know who he's going to meet. Um, he's going to meet amazing people. Um, and it's amazing. It's great. This guy's great. Meanwhile, in a deep blue state right now in New Jersey. Uh, let's see. Oh boy, this is great. Let's see this. Oh, I saw this. Um, hang on. I don't like this. Like this. 
Hang on. Why the hell? Alright, so the so the governor of New Jersey listen to this. Do we have the um one hour? Okay, we got this. Alright. Hang on. Um just skip the uh here. So, Governor Murphy was at a concert, came to a concert, um, and he and a singer tries to hush up him, the crowd, as he heard. He said, hey, 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 he's a buddy of mine, and I want him to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. You're going to have this going on. Yeah, right. Um, nah, I don't think, I don't think so. Meanwhile, um, we have a, uh, breaking news from, according to Matt Rooney, SaveJersey.com, edit John. Jorge Tonin, Deputy Executive Director of the uh, Republican State Leadership Committee, reports that the Republican are victory virtually tied with tied forty-three to thirty-five in generic ballot in um in our district. Lindhurst represents with more Democrats than Republicans. Republicans messaging is the most effective in district number 36 on Democrat supports for teachers union that push devi divisive um, age and inappropriate curriculum, school classrooms. Save Jersey reported that on July 6th, just concluded the June um, 2023 ballots and everything. Uh, New Jersey Republicans um, cut Democrats' statewide registration lead up to nearly 4,000 a month, a monthly trend every month since Donald Trump was president. 4,000, nearly 4,000 registration cuts Democrats. So, excellent news on our, for our District 36, Chris Aruma. For State Senate, Joe Vizo for Assembly, and Craig Aruma for State Assembly. Spread the word out. Support District Number 36. Veterans for and firefighters for families. We need these boys. Let's go. Let's get these boys in. Next. Um...
Not sure about this one. I can't. I'm not really sure if I could read that on air because certain. So. White House cocaine is done. Apparently, they they decided, hey, yeah, the news is um talking about it. We gotta um close this case because I don't know if we can if we can give anything about this case. The um the press is um the press secretary is getting wild was wild about it. Uh, she, she was, um, mad about it. Um, man. Man, oh man. Man, these people are ridiculous. Next to them, next thing you know, I have this. Marijuana. Found in White House. We'll speak about that. Marijuana found in White House. But before that, top Democrats reach out to potential Biden um, replacement claim he's not running. Top Democrats reaching out to rising stars in the party, telling them that President Joe Biden is not running for re-election. CNN top Democrats and donors have reached out to possible Biden struggles in the White House. Yes, Biden has been struggling since he's been in office. Thank you. Numerous polls have shown Biden struggles against the top two Republican Party presidential candidates, which is Donald Trump and... Ay ay, DeSantis. DeSantis is not. Um, his polls are terrible right now, folks. They're saying that Newsom has reported has repeatedly taken shots at DeSantis. Um, it seems like Newsom might run. Uh, what else here? Lee, Liz Smith. You know, I I don't know why I'm looking at that, but I'm saying just a waste of time right now. Um, all right, next. Let's see this one. Here. Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar. One of the radical... Um... Congress people. She should be ashamed of herself. Being in Congress. She's really radical. And... Progressive, very progressive. Um, she announced that she's not going to be in the uh, on the floor when she when when Netanyahu comes to America to speak. She said this on 
on Twitter. She said that. How disgusting is this? Of course, Nanyahu has Twitter, and he saw he saw this, and he responds, "How abrupt! How inappropriate is this kind of comment?" And he was like, "It's terrible." Meanwhile, Biden creepily sniffs sniffs a uh, baby. In Finland, baby tries to escape. This this guy is creepy. What the hell is wrong with this guy? Listen to this. Where the hell is this? Man. Creepy Biden. Can we get this video on, please? Now? Alright, fine. Alright. Let's talk about Tucker Carlson. He's a great guy. He's launching a new media company called Tucker Carlson. Um, he's a, a former White House lawyer, social, socializing, socializing, investing um, a news media company that they hope will rival Fox News and use and use Twitter as its backbone. According to insiders um, who spoke to Wall Street Journal, Carlson wants the conservative mega star who com commanded a nightly audience. Three million viewers on Fox hopes that to build off his latest appearances on Twitter, uh, where his shorter monologues continue to rack up Tens of millions of viewers each episode. The virtue would require hundreds of millions of dollars investments. Um, this would be based on subscriptions and uh, allow viewers uh, to watch longer uncut episodes and are teased on Twitter. Where Carlson boosts 9 million um, followers. Fans of Carlton would still be able to watch his shorter clips on Twitter for, like, basically he's saying you could do, like, um, shorts. Basically, fans can watch shorts. Um, basically, he's saying they're hoping for Carlson is hoping for a great um, week, uh, a great media. He's trying to make a media on Twitter. And I think he has a shot. I think he has a shot.
He's been, by the way, Carlson has been very, very loud lately. And uh, Fox News has reportedly they're in chaos ever since he left. And of course, Mike Pence gets terrible news and verge of missing the stage for the first debate. Part of the vetting process. American people seems to be taking place recently potential voters watching closely interviews Republican um, candidates Tucker Carlson at the family leadership summit on a handful candidates um, confirmed status reaching that um, the RNC requirements attending attend the primary debates since end of second fundraising quarter. Closed on June 30th, including include South Carolina U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley, Vivek Rosby, Tim Scott, and former Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis all have the right amount of fundraising. As a reminder, here are RNC benchmarks for debate taking place in August. In addition... To meeting the standard candidates' qualification legal requirements must meet following. Candidates must poll a percent of blah, 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 national polls. Uh, Two national, they might, they have to sign different things. They have to do fundraise. They have to do Republican surveys and different things and candidate committees and this and that. It's different. It's, but once... One obvious names missing from the list of is that former Vice President Mike Pence, several readers, and the other mentioned is glaring omission. Now we might know that as his camp released on Friday, how is his fundraising looking? Also, Aza. A.J. Hutchinson, he's doing terrible. Christie's doing terrible. This guy's doing terrible. Kick them off, please. Give them the boot, please. Give them the boot. Meanwhile, um, I would say give it to the boot. Give them the boot. Because DeSantis has a shakeup right now. 12 people from his campaign, 12 staffers were, and um, uh, presidential campaign has fired, Ron DeSantis has fired 12, roughly fired roughly a dozen of staffers and more expected coming weeks as he shakes up his big money political operations after less than two months campaign trial. Those who were let go described it to NBC News by source familiar mid, as mid-level staffers across the several, several departments whose departures were related cutting costs. This is terrible. You, I'm like... Okay, 
it's one thing if you fire somebody because of, um, let's say, uh, because of their behavior. It's another thing. It's because that you can't have him. But because of... Because of this kind of thing, come on, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. All right, so Tucker Carlson, been speaking about him. GOP presidential candidates, five candidates attending. Um, they were there was a um, Blaze TV announced that on Monday that Fox News hosted. Host Tucker Carlson will be hosting the first Republican presidential forum, uh, 2024 primary season. The event will take place on Family uh, Leadership Summit Des Des Manianos in Iowa this month. Uh, this was, I think, yesterday, July 14th. Yes, this was during the weekend. Over the weekend. And Trump was there. DeSantis was there. Pence. I have no clue if he was there. But this was a... Um, there was something over the weekend... really big that um that I think it was a Charlie Kirk thing not sure so yeah All right, so the cocaine update here. Let's get this latest news. Update Secret Service briefing may in, indicate that have they have something. Uh, the story of the cocaine found in the White House may be ever changing, but um, but if they they're going to be able to skip the news news cycle and ignore the question, um, it's not happening. This is one of those things they aren't going to be able to just dance by on it. Karine Jean-Pierre is now deflecting the questions and the, to the Secret Service. She previously got herself in major trouble by claiming the, the media is was irresponsible for even asking the question if the cocaine belonged to Hunter or Joe. She claimed that they hadn't even been in the White House from Friday until they returned on Tuesday. The and when the cocaine was found, it was that was Sunday. Um, but then she f was fact-checked that by the press pool, who noted that the Bidens had been there that Friday. Meanwhile, Bloomberg's um, Jason Lepiolo. Le 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 
had made a FOIA request to Secret Service, the Secret Service, um, for anything they might um, have on the cocaine, and what he got back them from them was the sorry, we're not giving anything up. Ongoing investigation on routine. Secret Service weren't turning, they weren't turning it over as it could interfere with enforcement proceedings. Um, Secret Service um, briefing on White House on the cocaine now moved up to Thursday, July 13th, 10 a.m. We'll be with the staff. Had been today, blah, blah, blah. Fox has told me USSS. So this is the latest. There's an outside perimeter of security. They have badges. Everybody has a badge. There are multiple cameras going on. There's, you don't just get to walk around the, the West Wing, even if you're staff, without a heavy presence of the Secret Service and a distinct understanding of who's going where. So who is this person? Who's this? Who is this person? We don't know. We don't know. Still. They want to they wanna close this out. This is ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. And now, marijuana found in the White House? Listen to this. Marijuana found... In the White House, on two separate occasions, the White Secret Service is doing a terrible job. First, they found uh, cocaine. Now they have marijuana. What the flip? In May, it says here, March twenty twenty one, Biden staffers, um, President Biden's staff, were fired. For past marijuana use. So. We know. Could be Biden staffer. Uh. Uh oh. Let's go. Let's move on. Um. Oh boy. This is a terrible one. Biden trips again. on boarding on an Air Force One. This time on shorter staircase. A shorter staircase. Oh god. Oh. Please help me. Please help me. All right, go for it. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, uh, yes, I'm waving. Yeah, thank you for helping me. I'm going inside to uh, the office. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he's terrible. He's terrible. They be they like what they say. You gotta be careful with those darn stairs. Um, and he's he's terrible. At, uh, I don't know what he has. God Almighty, you gotta be careful with those stairs. Walk slow, as he says in his in his campaign ad. Walks. Some people have to take it slow. Others have 
Others has to take a quick. But apparently he takes a quick. Um, oh boy, yeah. He has to take it real quick. Real quick before he takes this. Uh, I don't know if he has cocaine or not. But uh, I'm just saying that. Alright. Tucker Carlson, we've been speaking about. Um, delivers a death blow to Pence on his career. Where the heck is this video? Um, can we get this video? Yeah. I wanna pull the video up. So Tucker Carlson says in the following um, here um, it was DeSantis Tucker um, Nikki Haley Rosemary Pence and Tim Scott at this summit um, last night Last night at this place, um, he said, I know you're running for president. You're disturbed that Ukrainian don't have enough. Ukraine does not have enough um, American tanks. Carlson blasted Pence this way. He went full throttle on Pence and exposed him. Warm, warm juror. Um, who doesn't care about the American people. F former Fox News host grilled Pence on his Ukrainian position. Carlson blasted him, complaining on Ukraine's um, that doesn't have enough American tanks. I know you have. You're not. You're running for president. But you're disturbed uh, that Ukraine's. Ukrainian doesn't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States uh, has bec become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. That's not one city. Cities. City. That's gotten better. And it's visible. Our economy dis degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public fifth. Uh, and disorder. And crime. Exportantly increased, and yet your concern is is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received ten billions of dollars from U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask. Where's the concern for the United States in that? Carlson said, "My response." My, this is Mike Pence. My response um, is to that's not my on my concern. Tucker said, "I've heard routine from you before you you before, but that's my concern." Pence added. Tucker. Tucker said, "I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. You're, but." And then things got 
a little heated as Tucker and Pence clash over Ukraine. Over Ukraine. Uh, the Zelensky government has raided over Covent's um, arrested pr- priest. Um, that saying acts of religious liberty um, were funding it. A prominent Christian leader. I would think you'd be you would have a greater concern. It's safe to say Carlson is a blurry. It's it's amazing what he says. And it's so true. Um Carlson is amazing. It's great. Now listen to Trump. What he has to say to this Biden Justin Justin Biden calls up three thousand reserve troop um reserve troops for active duty aboard. Um this is to be ready for Europe deployment. An executive order comes in on heels five days trip into Europe where he attended NATO summit. Why the hell is Joe Biden so Joe Biden executive order Thursday will that will allow the Pentagon to tap reserve forces deployment to Europe as part of its long standing NATO on mission on con- the continent. According to copy of the order released by the White House, it allows military use up to use uh, up to three thousand reserve service members to argument. Um, a awakening its forces in Europe, which grew in reaction to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Pentagon said last year increased the troop presence and content by the about. Um, my God, this is folks. This is really bad. Seems like we're getting into um business. This is real bad. I don't like this. What the hell is going on over there? I don't like it. Does not sound too good. Must stay out of this woke business. Nah, I'm telling you folks, it's really, really terrible. Meanwhile, in and out, business is in and out bans employees from wearing masks. Leftists demand boycott. Um, I'm glad I keep kosher. I'm glad I'm a uh, Jewish man. I'm a Jewish boy. Dear associates, we are in- introducing new mask guidelines and emphasis emphasize importance cu- of customer service with an ability to show associates smiles. How the hell you're gonna see a smile? And other facial features while considering health and well-being of vigils. Um, we believe this policy will also help promote clear, effective com- communication. Yeah, right. I can't hear a damn word when a person's on wearing a freaking mask. For God's sake, in and out. Both in our customers, among um, our associates, our goal is to is to continue to provide safe and 
and customer-centric store and support environment. That the balance of two things that In-N-Out is known for expectational um, customer service un- and unmatched standards, health and safety qual- qual- and quality. Please follow the de- find the details on find our updated guidelines below. Yes, sir. Effective um of this is effective August fourteenth, twenty twenty three. General guidelines: No mask shall be worn in store or support facility unless associate has a valid medical note. Um, exempting him or her from requirement associates who wear masks from the medical reason for medical reasons must wear a company provided N95 no different types of masks may may only be worn with a valid medical note exempting associates from the N95 mask requirement. This policy applies to all store support associates in Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, Texas, Utah, except associates who are required to wear masks and other protective gear part of their job duties. Patty Room... I don't know what is Patty Room. Associates Lab... Associates, lab technicians, painters, etc. All associates, regardless of whether um, or not, or are required to wear masks, are exempt. Expected to maintain our grooming standards, uh, proper personal hygiene, cleanliness, uh, safe environment for all. Well. My God. I don't know what type of... I'm thinking like... Maybe they're talking about like... A health... I don't know what they're talking about. You know... You ever been to... um, Costco? I go to Costco a lot. My goodness. I love Costco. But it's a terrible place. Um, they, they're, they got woke, but I love it. I love them. Let's support them. But, um, they're a great place, but terrible, um, company, I have to say. But, um, you know, their, their place is, they have these catering company. They have this catering company. I don't know if, um. They, there's a few people that I know over there. I don't know their names, but all I know is that, um, hmm, all I know is that they wear like a, like a beard, beard guard. I don't know if they're talking like beard guard, but all I know is that they're saying masks. I'm like... When you wear a mask, are you talking about a COVID mask? Are you wearing? Are you talking about a beard guard? Are you talking like 
I hear that. When you're talking a mask, speak up, please. Because this is ridiculous. We're not in COVID-19 anymore. 2019 is over. 2020 is over. 2021 is over. 2022 is over. Very soon is 23 over. Goodness gracious. And before you know it, President Trump is going to be on the ballot. Um, yeah. Turning Point USA had a beautiful, beautiful, um, let's do this, um, had a beautiful talk last night, and Trump was there. It's so true what he said. I'm telling you, folks. It's so true. And, excuse me. And, well, one thing I have to say is, with this, I have to say that it's really, it's really, really amazing. Um, let's go to our news in Israel, regards to the Middle East. Um, here we go, news in Israel. Meanwhile, Netanyahu, unfortunately, suffered from dehydration. Neurologist says that dehydration, uh, Netanyahu spoke, here's his latest statement. Netanyahu. Netanyahu. Here. Hang on. Just give us a minute. 
Netanyahu is hospitalized and says he's well. Um, he's doing well and he's being treated right now. No, he's in the, he's out. I think he's out as we speak, but, um, according to Jerusalem Post, he is out, doing well, um, and his staff is really, uh, doing good. Uh, train stations to be targeted at anti-judicial reform protests. Meanwhile, let's speak about the judicial reform. Judicial reform right now, as we speak, the first part is passed. The first part has been passed. Um, second part and finals um, are the second part is supposed to be this week. And the final will be next week. And everything shall be done by July 30th. The everything. So there's going to be multiple protests. In the coming weeks in Israel. And you're, there's going to be expected. Large amounts of protesting in Israel. So yes. There's several people. Who don't like this idea. I am telling you. That it's it's going to be crazy. And, um, the news media is just going to follow the left-wing uh, media of that. They're going to say, hey, this is what they're saying. And they're just going to follow it. And versus, you're not going to see, you're not going to see the, and you're not going to see the actual truth. You're going to see them talking and showing the actual anti-government, um, anti-this. The other day, not the other day, Biden um, went out on a big backlash. It was really stupid what he said. He said, the reason why um, this whole... Um, thing that judicial reform can't pass is because Israel is because of Israel that we can't pass it. How stupid is this? How stupid is this? He says because of the Jews. I don't think he said the Jews, but I'm pretty sure he said of because of Israel, something like that. I don't remember exactly what he said. I'm pre but I'm very sure he said really stupid comment that he wrote on actual Twitter. You can find this, by the way, on Twitter. I, I'm not gonna. It breaks my heart, really. When someone says it like that, it's really stupid. And I'm brutally, really stupid that way. Let's go to our videos. And it's really stupid. All right, let's go to our videos. Um, what do we have today? Um, hmm. 
Oh, Victoria. Here we go. Member of the parliament um, is tra traveled to Africa, and they wanted to. This woman wanted to deliver is delivering the com a twenty the twenty twenty three conference in in uh, Africa. So it's really cool how um this government is in uh, Australia. Here, listen to this. Victorian Education and Women Minister Natalie Hutchins is travelling to Rwanda. She will be speaking in the Women Deliver 2023 conference. Ms Hutchins is hoping Victoria will host the next global conference in 2026, which is expected to deliver $40 million to the economy. That's despite Premier Daniel Andrews telling senior members of his government to reduce their global travel. Discuss the impacts of Labor. Discuss the impacts of Labor's excessive renewables push earlier in the show. But it isn't just regional Australia that's feeling the sting. Last week, it was revealed that some households are now paying a 45 to 50 percent increase on their energy bills. Joining me now to discuss this is our brilliant panel with digital political strategist James Flynn and consultant Claire Longley. Welcome to you both, and thanks for your time, James. Labor's pre-election emissions reduction modelling promised us hundreds of thousands of new green energy jobs, increased investment and reduced power costs. It hasn't quite become reality, has it? <laughs> well, Australians can add this to the long list of broken promises from the Albanese government. Energy prices just went up an eye-watering 20 to 27% across Australia. Even if we were to turn on and have already built all of the renewable energy sources we needed in this project, we would still be lacking the tens of billions of dollars of poles and wire infrastructure required. There are just so many holes. This is the Swiss cheese of policy. Yeah, I think you're right, Claire. It was revealed recently that the cost of Labor's net zero target would be $1.5 that's with a T, within the current decade, rising to $9 trillion by 2060. I mean, these are numbers that almost blow the mind. Who's going to pay for this? This is just another example of hard-working Australians having to pay for ideological policies um, around economics. It's not acceptable that... This is completely poorly planned. This has not been thought out. There has been a lack of analysis of how cost-effective we can reach this net zero. And the reality is yeah. that we are not going to reduce government spending in other areas in order to compensate and pay for this. What is going to happen is that the government is going to raise taxes so that they can spend more.
Have you been getting... I hate this ad on YouTube. Um, man. This stupid ad that I've been getting. Uh, Timu. It's terrible. Um, I don't like it. It's really, really promotes... Um, it's a scam. I'm telling you. I don't want this anymore. This nonsense. I don't like it. I hate it. It's ridiculous. I hate it. It's part of the Chinese government. And it's ridiculous. Alright, so... Next. Um, here. Despite a swing towards a coalition, one could be forgiven for thinking that when you're on the right side of politics, even when you're actually a winner, you're told you're a loser. All right, let's go to... Queries have occurred under... This Christopher Ray thing. With the FBI. Um, he was... He... He used to be the former... FBI director. Uh, past... He was testifying in Congress before. Uh, Congress listened to what... Matt Gates has to say to him. And listened to Ray. How many illegal FISA queries... Have occurred under your leadership of the FBI? Well, there are reports that have come out with different numbers about uh, compliance incidents. More than a million illegal ones? Because that's what the inspector general said. The inspector general said that in the 3.4 million of these queries, more than a million were in error. Do you have any basis to disagree with that, that assessment by the inspector general? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, actually, that's a, I'm not a, sure. a correct characterization of the inspector general's you hear oh, what well, he findings said. on that. Well, the internet will remind you of that in moments. But, but let, let's now go oh, to... What the, the court said. The court said it was over 200,000 that have occurred on your watch. Would, would, do you have any basis to disagree with that assessment? Again, I don't have the numbers I sit here right now. What I can Seems like you, a number you should know. How many times the FBI's breaking the law under your watch, especially if it's like over a million, to not know that number? And I'm worried about your veracity on the subject as well. Play, this, play the video. Letters for investigation the of the Capitol. I don't believe FISA is remotely implicated in our investigation. You, you so, so there, Senator Lee's asking you whether or not FISA was in any way involved in your January 6th investigation, and you say no. It, was that truthful? I said that I did not believe it was. Okay, so now let's pull up what the court said, which was something a little different than what you said. So, so here... Nope, that's not the right one. Yeah, here we go. Right there, it says, the government has reported additional significant violations of the querying standard, including several relating to the January 6, 2021 breach of the Capitol. So I guess the question, Director Ray, is did, did you not know when you were answering these questions that the FBI was engaging in these illegal searches, or did you perjure yourself to Senator Lee? I certainly didn't perjure myself. At the time that I testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, 
uh, I didn't have that piece of information. I will well, add... Well, that was a court order. You didn't have that piece of information because the court hadn't yet rendered a judgment. Did you not know when you gave the untruthful answer before Senator Lee that this was going on? It was a, it was a truthful answer. I did not believe FISA had been involved in January 6th. But it was. So you didn't... The answer is the FBI has broken so bad that people can go and engage in queries that when you come before the Congress to answer questions, you're like blissfully ignorant. You're blissfully ignorant as to the unlawful queries. You're blissfully ignorant as to the Biden shakedown regime. And it just seems like it gets into a kind of a creepy place as well. Go to our, our next. Yeah. Man, that's great. Listen to this one. He has to say this is another one. Um. He's speaking about the FBI to who's this man? Um, about the NFT. Listen to this one. Americans' communications are swept up in enormous volumes, so enormous that the government won't tell us how big it is because it would be a very awkward number for the government to disclose. I suspect that's the real reason. Um, and those communications are available to FBI agents without a warrant or a court order of any kind. And uh, you talked about these backdoor searches, and that's been an intense focus of the committee. Uh, could you help define that for folks so they understand the, the risk there? Sure. What a backdoor search is, is an electronic query of data obtained under Section 702. So the communications are obtained. They are placed into data systems um, at the NSA and then shared with the FBI, the National Counterterrorism S uh, Center, and the CIA. Um, and then agents can run electronic queries of those data systems using identifiers associated with Americans. So using an American's email address, for example. They can plug that in, and that will return any communications that were obtained under Section 702 that have an American on one end of them. And it almost feels like there's a digital file out there about millions of Americans. Uh, and, and I'm sort of wondering how, and we've tried to get straight answers um, from folks who, who work in the government about this question, but what we've learned is it's upwards of 10,000 people who can conduct some of these backdoor searches. Have any of your studies um, evaluated the breadth of individuals who can engage in this violation of our civil liberties? No, we don't know the number, but I think... Isn't that scary? Shouldn't we? I mean, it seems like something we should know. Uh, how many people can do backdoor searches into information that was not collected pursuant to any probable cause or a warrant? Yeah, it would be a good thing to know, and one of the reasons why I think we... Yeah, to be curious yeah, about yeah. it is because uh, the government has told the FISA court that one of the reasons for all of these violations we've seen is that FBI agents didn't they're understand playing. the standard for those searches. And that standard is that the search has to be reasonably likely. They're scared. Man, they're scared. To obtain foreign intelligence or evidence of a crime. Well, that doesn't sound like rocket science to me. And that standard has been in place for 15 years. But they they break it. Well, I mean, I just read an order from the foreign intelligence, the, the FISC, the court, and the court said... They bring 75 people behind them. I can see, I can't... Um, I was listening to Greg Kelly also after, before this show, and about this whole thing. And they bring 75 people just to sit down with them and talk about this and that and that. And then... 
They're sitting behind them. I see what he's talking about. Um, they're just sitting there. Doing nothing. While you have Matt Gaetz's committee. Sitting behind him. T typing away. Writing all this stuff. And listening to this. And then sometimes they have to help him. With the evidence. Well, you know, isn't that amazing? You weren't just using these searches and queries to get legitimate law enforcement information. At times, people at the FBI were searching themselves, searching their ex-lovers, searching their neighbors uh, in this system. Um, and, and so it, it seems as though they're not really, there's not a standard that's ad adhered to. It's adhered to often in the breach. There were 278,000 violations of that standard in 2021. It, I mean, if, if you've got 278,000 violations of the standard, the, as you've said, the breach is the standard in a lot of ways. So we have this tactical question coming up. We have FISA that is set to expire, and I believe we should let it. I believe it does, it, it, the, the standard of violation of breach is so pervasive that the patient is not savable, that we have to design something totally different outside of 702. And then I have other colleagues who are, who are like-minded in my desire to protect civil liberties, but who suggest tactically that the best approach is to try to insert strong warrant requirements. This is my seventh year in, in Congress, Mr. Kiko. I certainly don't have your experience, but I want to draw on it because I, I want to get your advice. I've gone down this road with the Cheneyistas and, and, and others who um, bring us to the precipice of reform. And then at the last moment, it seems as though the civil libertarians uh, rarely prevail over those who, who purport to be defending national security, no matter how many violations of our liberties occur. And so would you advise uh, a reform effort or an expiration uh, strategy and, and why? Well, I would. That's a very tough question. And I know that's why you ask it. And I would, I can actually see my preference would be some kind of reform effort with teeth and accountability because there hasn't been any teeth and there hasn't been any accountability in, in the oversight that's been conducted. We're always at the end of the system they say they're going to do something. It never gets done. Four years later, we find out there's massive violations. Everybody comes. Well, we're going to do it this time. But there's no accountability among the people that are breaking the law. There's no accountability among the administration. It doesn't matter. There's nothing. Yeah, it sounds like there need to be penalties. Thank you for your testimony. I yield back. Thank you. Chair recognizes uh, the gentlelady, the ranking member, Ms. Jackson. Thank you much. Uh, Representative Gates, you're recognized for any testimony you care to present. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. It's always good to be back in the Friendly Rules Committee. I have six buckets of amendments that I'm going to talk about. The first deals this with... This is the Authorization Act. ...with radical gender ideology in the military. There is nothing in the underlying bill that fixes the issues of radical gender ideology permeating the Department of Defense. My First Amendment dealing with that matter is Amendment Number 305. Amendment 305 deals with the Exceptional Family Member Program. The Exceptional Family Member Program is a wonderful program that allows service members to stay close to medical care for their family. For example, if someone was serving at the Pentagon and they had a child that was getting, uh, seeing a special doctor for cardiology at Johns Hopkins, they would be able to block a permanent change of station 
based on that family member's medical circumstances. But bizarrely, the radical gender warriors have now seized control of the exceptional family member program, a good thing in order to block change of station to any state that the woke DOD officials believe doesn't adhere to this full embrace of, uh, of gender concepts that are not embraced everywhere. Uh, I would enter into the record to showcase this, uh, a piece by the Huffington Post on April 13th, 2022, entitled Air Force Officers to Help Military Families Hurt by State's New Anti-LGBTQ Laws. So what the amendment does is it says if you want to block a permanent change of station based on sexual orientation or gender identity, you have to show that someone has been found to have violated the federal laws that, ex that relate to discrimination under the color of law. If you can't prove that there's been a violation under the color of law, you won't be able to just block your transfer to Texas or Oklahoma or South Carolina or Florida just because uh, that is a concern of yours. So I really encourage you to approve Amendment 305. The second that deals with radical gender ideology is Amendment number 333, and this deals with the use of certain DOD facilities. And I'm somewhat embarrassed I have to even offer this amendment, but I've received a number of complaints from female service members in my district not want to shower with other people who have male genitalia and uh, this that... one is um from sarah i think her name is sarah jacobs yes sarah jacobs this bill was recognized from um that woman who is in the olympics and they were the congress felt like we need a bill we need a bill and do something about it. Mr. Speaker, the previous speaker, the uh, maker of this amendment, talked about being exhausting. This issue that he has brought before this body and the committee is exhausting. Just this week, the sponsor of this amendment called diversity, equity, and inclusion in the military a, quote, failed experiment. He has called it cancerous. Just oh, God. All right. It's ridiculous what the Democrats do. Next. Let's go back to Christopher Ray. Jim, Jim. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Director Ray, thank you for being here today. In 2022, you testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee and stated, quote, I condemn in the strongest possible terms any prospect of retaliation against whistleblowers, end quote. Do you still agree with that statement? Yes. Do you feel that your actions as the FBI leadership during your tenure live up to that sentiment? This is Barry Moore um, speaking to Christopher Ray. Yes. Director Ray, a few months ago we heard from... Uh, are, you, are you familiar with a special agent, uh, Garrett O'Boyle? Uh, I'm familiar with the name. After Mr. O'Boyle came to Congress and, and blew the whistle on the misconduct at the Bureau, his clearance was unsurprisingly suspended. Does, did that surprise you? Do you find that suspicious? Uh, I, I can't discuss a specific security clearance matter uh partly because the i don't want to he doesn't want they don't, don't want to speak about certain topics when they um don't when they speak like that they don't want to say anything the uh the security clearance determination so yeah mm-hmm yeah he's busted busted Big time. Busted. 
big time. All right, let's go to Eric. Eric Adams. Um, here. All right, it has been a busy summer so far in New York City and for Mayor Eric Adams. Migrants continue to arrive. Over 53,000 asylum seekers now in the city's care with shelters at capacity. And the mayor struggling to find housing for them. On the issue of crime, recent stats show a decline in major areas, murder, shootings, felony assaults, all down. But many New Yorkers still uneasy about their safety, and all this comes as the city is without an official police commissioner. Keyshawn Sewell resigned about uh, just after 18 months on the job and a permanent placement not named yet. Joining us from City Hall, Mayor Eric Adams, we always appreciate you coming on Good Day New York. Thank you. Great to be on with you also. Okay, so can we talk about these crazy scooter shootings? Uh, last night, another one in the Bronx, four people hit, two young kids. Over the weekend, uh, Brooklyn and Queens had a scooter shooting, all illegal uh, scooters. Is this like a new trend that we have to deal with in New York City? And we are really proactive. Uh, remember, uh, you saw that when we were talking about shooters, scooters, guns, illegal on our road, we were uh, clamping down on them. And it was pushback from those who push back on everything we do when it comes down to public safety. And we did what we normally do, ignore the noise and execute a plan of going after the scooters. Thousands removed off our streets, targeting those who have criminal records. And we have confiscated a substantial number of guns and those scooters and made arrests. Well, oh boy, this guy is really stupid. All right, next, New York City crime, real bad. I, you know, I have, I haven't been to New York City. I'm really glad I haven't been to New York City in a long, long time. Now I'm gonna keep it that way because Alvin Bragg. Bragg has come under fire by some critics who claim he is not doing enough to address crime in the city. Fox Five Police Everest talked to Bragg about the perception that the city is unsafe. I live here. I'm raising my family here, and so we have a lot more work to do. There's no doubt about it. Um, but we have really encouraging signs. Um, the data is all moving in the right direction. I spoke one-on-one -on -one with Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg in Harlem. He's referring to the latest NYPD statistics that show shooting incidents down 24.7% the first six months of this year and murders down by 3%. Robberies, burglaries, and shoplifting also declined. He tells me one reason is daily communication between prosecutors and their law enforcement partners. We do a number of you know, long-term investigations involving wiretaps. Uh, we do targeted enforcement. And so we're seeing... Uh, ah, boy. What's the uh, liberal leaders don't seem to be big fans of liberal policies. Take radical Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. He's practically famous for not prosecuting violent criminals and for charging Marine Daniel Penny in the death of the mentally ill homeless man who was threatening subway riders. Now it looks like Bragg's afraid of the monster he created. I know the statistics that transit crime is down, but when one of my family members gets on the train, I too get a knot in my stomach. <laughs> he gets not a knot in his stomach. I remember how long ago did I go on the subway? When was the last time I went down the subway? I don't remember even. Oh God, was it a year ago? 
I was, I, I was, uh, I hate the subway, honestly. I hate New York City in general. It's stupid. I mean, it's a beautiful city, but it's very unsafe. Very much so. They have a mayor who's terrible. They have a DA who's terrible. And they also have a terrible governor. When you got three people in office, in different departments, who are terrible, don't you dare go. I'm telling you, folks, don't you dare go. Because bad stuff can happen. Bad stuff can happen. And I'm not Mr. Nice. I'm not Mr. Who wants to go. If I have to go, then I'll go. But I don't like the city myself. I hate it. All right, let's go to the voting for this. Um, uh, National Defense Authorization Act. Despite Democratic objection for this whole thing. Here we go. Let's hear it. National Defense Authorization Act is just great defense. I just kept the promise we made from the very beginning. This is Kevin McCarthy speaking about the decision putting Marjorie 
Green on the Senate Conference Committee. Yes, I, yes, I asked Marjorie if she would be on the conference committee. Yeah. I mean, not to not to repeat myself, but I'm going to love the day that I come in that you're going to sit back and say, "Oh, you told me this six months ago. That's why you're doing it." Instead of thinking it's something special. What? I'm proud to have served. I think everyone here uh, is proud to have served. I think some people here, because some of you have come up to me and people in Florida that are veterans come up to me, they're concerned about the direction of our... DeSantis in Iowa. Boring. Doesn't speak to me. really doesn't speak to me next john kerry bring on electric he's he's being testified also um will come to order the purpose of this hearing is to examine the state department's climate policy and the budget of the special presidential envoy for climate's office i now recognize myself for an opening statement as we examine the State Department's climate agenda and budget, we are joined today by former Secretary of State John Kerry. Thank you for being here today. First ever special presidential envoy for climate. Mr. Kerry, you're sitting in a newly created position, but from all of the research that I've done in two years, you've largely managed to avoid any real oversight or accountability in that position. Now, my community cares about this as an issue. We sit on Florida's East Coast. We felt the consequences of environmental disaster. I'm a member of the Bipartisan Climate Solutions Caucus, a co-chair of the Roosevelt Conservation Caucus. And I believe that it's critical that we do work to defend our environment, clean air, clean water, public health. Protecting our environment is important. I don't know a person literally in Congress that doesn't believe that protecting our environment is important. But as you and I have discussed, and I've said this to you before, you can't worry about the efficiency of your home if you can't make rent, if you can't make your, war your mortgage payment, and you can't worry about the emissions of your automobile payment, of your automobile if you can't make the, the payment on your car. You can't worry about the way America is electrified, or you have to worry about the way America is electrified as we look to the future to make sure that our electric grid can support the policies that are being pushed. And it seems in many cases like you are hell-bent on enacting policies, not by votes through the House of Representatives and the Senate, but by fiat. Secretary Blinken has said that your leadership will be indispensable in weaving climate into the fabric of everything we do at State Department. Personally, I don't believe that climate should be the focus of every part of diplomacy, which is the job of the State Department. And I believe that we probably disagree about that. But regardless, it is clear to me that you, even having served as a longtime senator, you are willing to push the envelope of what it means to live in a constitutional republic in order to get the agenda that the administration sees enacted. And no matter how somebody watching this hearing feels about climate change, I believe that that should be of large concern to them. This is my chief concern about your office. You're serving on the National Security Council. 
but you're not confirmed by the Senate. In your previous role as Secretary of State, you unilaterally entered our nation into some of the largest agreements, like the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the Iran nuclear deal, unilaterally bound Americans to set standards that would dramatically increase their cost of living or affect their way of life in the Paris Climate Accords. And I believe that speaks volumes about your overarching philosophy as it applies to governing and what you're doing now as what some people have called the climate czar. Mr. Kerry, nobody voted for you in this body. It seems like, once again, the rules don't apply to the president's inner circle. He has called you his best buddy. That brings me to my second concern that I want to speak about today, and it's just basic levels of transparency, the mechanisms of transparency in government that your office has not participated in to be accountable to the people. Every time you travel to a climate summit or Kim King Charles coronation or the wedding of the crown prince of Jordan, you're supposed to document the carbon emissions generated by your trip. Your office has failed to do so. You're supposed to produce an organizational chart of your office. Your office only did so when there was a lawsuit filed and filled in none of the names of the people that work in your office. You ignore most congressional requests for documents, have ignored those from the House Foreign Affairs Committee and the House Oversight Committee for months. You're supposed to respond to FOIA requests, but claim that it would take years to produce basic budgetary information, in some cases not willing to release it until 2024. You're supposed to be clear about the work that you do on behalf of the American people, but you don't have a landing page on the State Department's website. I don't believe this is how you fulfill the White House's promise to bring transparency and truth back to government. And it is my assessment that you are afraid of the American people knowing exactly what it is that you are up to at places like the climate change conferences that you attend. You are headed off to COP28 soon. You've been to COP27 and other summits and purporting to represent the United States of America. But you're not representing the United States of America's people, in my opinion. I believe that you are representing a far-left radical agenda. Those are my beliefs. But the truth is, because of the lack of transparency, no one really knows exactly what it is that you are representing. So in that, I'm going to turn it over to my colleague. Uh, Ranking Member Crow, or I don't know if you want to turn it over to Mr. Meeks first or not, but uh, I will turn it over to you for an open. Mr. Secretary, uh, in in exchange with Mr. Mills, you uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record uh, article here from February 15th of 2023. The John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that object. you've never I, owned or I personally, your family? I by your family. personally, yes. My wife owned a plane and sold the you plane. You flew on that been, plane? Uh, not in a number of years, and but the, I have flown on it, sure. And this article is not then inaccurate, that your family owned a plane. You flew on a plane. There, my wife Secretary, owned, Secretary, my wife owned here's a plane. The, here's the issue. Yeah. This isn't some kind of partisan gotcha. When we are asking Americans to make serious sacrifices as we transition for the common good, and your family and or yourself are flying around on private jets, that smacks of hypocrisy. It actually hurts your cause. Mr. Secretary, but I'll, I'll move on. But, I but want to know from a record standpoint. me the, the right at least to set the record straight here. I do not fly 
on a private jet. Uh, I do. I do not fly. I fly commercially. Have on all of my responsibilities, taken this position. Just, just let me let me finish. I have flown five times in the last two and a half years on Mill Air, which you also fly on, and or some of you who travel fly on five times. Otherwise, all of my trips are commercial. Have airlines. you flown on a private jet in a personal or official capacity since you've taken this position? Possibly once. I, I don't. I think I just don't. I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I think you need to take the broader point of how this appears to the American people. No, as we're asking them to take that. that. Let me tell you why. Just, I, you, you we're know, not asking you know Americans. We're not asking Americans not to fly. You know, you're, you're trying to create an unequal thing. We're not no, saying we're asking don't you fly. To lead by example, Mr. Secretary. That's what we're at. You, which is why I fly commercially. By example, which is why I fly. In that vein, does your office? Uh, or the State Department keep a record of your official travel and scheduled meetings? Of course. Uh, does that include the individuals you're scheduled to meet with? Uh, I, can, you provide the, can you provide those records to Congress? Will you provide those records to Congress? Of who I've met with? Uh, your official travel. Your official travel, taxpayer-funded, while in this position. Sure, happy to do so. Thank you. I appreciate that uh, commitment. Switching. Uh, topics here uh, to some of the other diplomacy you've uh, you've conducted in twenty in a twenty eighteen interview, you uh, admitted to speaking with Iranian Foreign Minister Zarif quote three or four times from the start of the previous administration. How many times did you speak with the Foreign Minister, the Iranian Foreign Minister Zarif, during the last administration? I, and, and I'll enter into the record, uh, Mr. Chairman, um, that, objection. that three or four times. So let's take that at face value. Uh, did you communicate with him using Signal, WhatsApp, Telegram, no, any other? I, I, I don't recall how I communicated with him. I met him formally in the course of international, specifically, I think it was at UNGA in New York, I saw him in Munich at the Munich Security Conference, which he was invited to. According to, leaked, saw him. According to leaked audio uh, provided by the New York Times, Zarif said you told him that Israel attacked Iranian assets in Syria at least, quote, at least 200 times, and Zarif was surprised you would reveal such sensitive information. Un now, you know, that was according to leaked audio. Now under oath, do you stand by your previous denial that that ever happened? I absolutely said I, we, I, on the day that that report came out, we made it crystal clear in, in, in a release that we put out that that never took place. I, it was at a time when there was public discussion of those attacks. There, were, there it was a public, it was in public circulation. Now, I don't know what he's confusing or what he did, but I can tell you that I never had that conversation, and I can tell you that in five years running one of the largest prosecutor's offices in America, in two years as lieutenant governor, in 28 years in the Senate, as a member of the this is, Intelligence this is Committee, as a this is why I'm going. I only have a few seconds left. Nobody ever Secretary, questioned. This is why I'm raising that issue. Uh, it, do you, would you find it appropriate if a former Trump administration official traveled around and talked to the same officials you are and said, you don't have to abide by these agreements. Hold fast till 2024. A new regime or a new administration may be coming in and therefore undermining current administration diplomacy. 
Do you find that appropriate? I'm not going to speak to any hypotheticals, but I can tell you I never engaged in that. Shadow diplomacy undermines American goals. Shadow diplomacy, depending on what involves, shadow diplomacy has also saved us from a war. If you look at 1963 with, Jack, uh, with uh, uh, the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, it was behind the scenes, back Mr. Channel. Secretary, I would, I would, I would posture that your shadow diplomacy now has us on the verge. I wasn't of conducting shadow diplomacy. Weapon. I was at a security conference that is now exploding as they race towards full enrichment from 20% to 60% uh, on the verge of having a nuclear weapon and a nuclear arms race uh, in the Middle East. And the reason that has happened is that Donald Americans, Trump pulled out of the agreement. Other administrations. The reason that happened, my friend, is because Donald Trump pulled out of that agreement. There was no way they could have had a nuclear weapon under the agreement that existed. And even in Israel, the security establishment of Israel believed that agreement had done the job. It, you're, you know, President Trump just pulled out. Chair now recognizes Mr. Schneider for five minutes. I think the next president is, is really going to have to do more than just replace the attorney general and the FBI director, but really turn these entities He's inside and to embed in the New York Post. You make the thing that hurts. Oh, right. And excusing it. Um, it's, it is really sad, actually. All right. Well, the economy. I'm looking at John Burnett, who joins us uh, again here. The economy, uh, apparently, according to Joe Biden, is doing okay. Bidenomics is working. But I think most people are saying, mm, is it really? You know, inflation dropped in June uh, to the lowest point in uh, two years. So that's good news. Uh, but Americans, I don't know if they're feeling it. I'm, I'm not really feeling it. The price of gas still pretty high. Mortgage rates are very high. Um, and when you think of cheap, easy food, uh, there's not really cheap, easy food out there. Uh, no, there's something you want to eat. Um, so we saw, we wanted to take a look at some of the food prices, uh, fast food prices, especially across some of the biggest cities in the country. So we looked at uh, L.A., New York, Chicago, and Detroit. And look at these. This is the Biden misery index. Now, I have a, um, a family of five. So if I'm going what used to be like a quick run to Wendy's or something, <laughs> that's now 50-something dollars. Right. Or sixty dollars, not including That's crazy. Sure. Yeah, well, that's right. I was going to say, <laughs> if someone wants a frosty, it's like no, 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 no. So, I, I, most people they hear something and they're told. Thank you, Biden. In our top right. story today, three Israelis have been wounded in a shooting attack at its Quad Junction in the Jerusalem area. The 35-year-old man was swiftly transported to Jerusalem's Sharet Tzedek Hospital by the Magen David Adom Ambulance Service. Although his condition is serious, it has been reported as stable. The man's two daughters, aged 9 and 14, were also taken to the same hospital due to injuries caused by shrapnel. The victims have been identified as Elroi Kapach and his two daughters, Rachel and Avigail, who reside in the nearby Nokdim settlement. At the Sharet Tzedek Hospital, the condition of Kapach improved, and in Bethlehem, an exchange of fire began in an attempt to stop the terrorist who was eventually caught in a Bethlehem mosque. Over the past year, there have been multiple instances of Palestinian gunmen targeting military installations, troops patrolling the Judean Samir security barrier, Israeli settlements, and civilians traveling on the roads. Israel is heading into a heat wave, but the political temperature next week might cool just a bit, just for a moment. 
as a key bill on the proposed judicial overhaul hangs in the balance between first reading and second and third, expected to come for final votes by July 30th. Next week, marathon hearings in committee with tempers hot, but maybe not quite boiling. The question is not whether there's a judgment by legal advisors on reasonableness. But the question is, who's the boss, the civil servants or the public officials? In the balance is a bill on the reasonableness doctrine that would take away court's power to overturn ministerial decisions seen as unreasonable. A revised version of the bill has tacked to the right, applying not only to actions by a minister, but also to decisions not to act set to entrench the opposition. This damned government of yours will be toppled by the voters because they look at you and say, these people are not only not working for us, they're also destroying the Israeli covenant. Of course, expect more protests in what has become Tel Aviv's Saturday night ritual. The debate over the overhaul still very much joined. The overhaul will also hang in the background of President Isaac Herzog's trip to Washington. And attention will focus on a small group of people with a huge amount of leverage. Reserve pilots in Israel's Air Force. If enough pilots refuse to volunteer, that could imperil the Air Force and change Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's tack through the political maze. Again, quickly into transition. Are you? Make that 37. This Israel team will play the winner of that next semifinal. And a great moment uh, for Coach Elad Hassan. Israel will be is in the semifinals. Um, the Euro 20 European. Um, championship. Amazing. Alright, so great news. Um, the morning loss of Hatzalah of a woman who was tragically wounded in a terrible, um, terrible earlier this week um it's terrible what um goes on meanwhile as you heard earlier dancing and singing in Israel they they go around after they inflict um terror and they respond with hope at the location of the attack that took place earlier I know where exactly is this. It's not too far from where I was. Iran police says it will be returning morally. Police patrols to the streets in order to enforce hijabs after about uh, half a year which operations in the face were replaced with cameras and te other technology. Iranian police starting the 
from today's establishment uh, of the car and foot patrols throughout the entire country while carrying out numerous police missions we um, will individually with those who unfortunately regardless the consequences of dressing outside of the norm still insist breaking the norm J. Post wrote. Alright folks, thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Um, um, and it's a lot in our news. So, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. Until next week, have a wonderful time.